Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to um, Wallet Street's first, I guess, uh, deep dive. I don't really know if I have a formal name for this kind of series yet, but I guess we'll call it deep dives, um, which are basically going a little bit deeper into a particular topic that hopefully is helpful for people. I know this one in particular is helpful for me. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about the steps of how to buy a house or an apartment, like how to get ready for that, what are all the ins and outs, um, things that people don't tell you that you wish you had known. And I'm very, very excited because the person who's going to help me on this journey is my good friend, Maura. Um, hi, Maura. Hi. <laughs> um, so Maura and I know each other from many, many moons ago. We went to college together. Um, we lived together. So we've known each other since we were what we thought at the time was like fully formed adults, but we really weren't. We were really <laughs> <laughs> dumb college students. But um, <laughs> it's really cool to, to um, still be friends. And she recently went through this process. So I'm going to be asking her questions. Um, and more, I'll let you, I don't know if there's a few words you want to say or introduce yourself, but. Sure. Um, my name is Maura. I'm so excited to be here. I'm based in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and one of Shar's biggest fans, although there's a lot of competition for the, um, for the title. So <laughs> excited to be here and have this conversation. Yay. Cool. So, um, we'll go through some different questions. Um, and kind of talk about the process, hopefully somewhat chronologically. So I guess starting at the beginning, um, when did you decide like to start on the buying house journey? I guess what kind of pushed you from renting into buying? Because I think I've definitely had that question of like, should I keep renting or buying, especially if you don't know if you're going to be in a city for very long or if you're going to move on. So um, when did you guys make that decision? Yeah. So, um, my boyfriend at the time, my fiance now, and I had been living together for a few years and went back and forth on this a lot. Like, um, kind of liked renting. We always had like, we liked that when the toilet broke, it was somebody else's problem. Um, but we, <laughs> but we also, um, we're talking about like wanting to make a place our own and wanting to not really depend on a landlord kind of whims, like, you know, not renting to us the next year or something like that. So this kind of security of, of knowing that the, that we had our own place and um, building equity and those kinds of things. So it wasn't, there wasn't a moment and we, you know, up until kind of the end, we were, we were like, you know, we could still, we could still rent, but, um, but we decided to kind of jump in and, and, um, and see what this, this felt like. So we're, we're happy we did. Um, but it, there wasn't a moment where we knew um, it was time. It w do you think COVID affected it at all? Like just being at home so much more? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it definitely did. We had been looking before, um, and kind of would, would stop and start. And, um, we were both working from home. Uh, we had a nice apartment, but not, not a huge, um, you know, not like floors and floors of space. And so, um, I think we decided that that definitely impacted like what we were looking for. So as we kind of shopped around, we were like, you know, it would be important to have different spaces that could serve as office space or um, those kinds of things. So um, it was, it was a motivator. I don't think we thought about it as much at the time, but, but now looking back, I think that was definitely motivating us to, um, 
to get moving. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people um, lately have been like, I need more space so I can not see you 24 <laughs> seven, literally. I'm going to go here and you're going to go here. Yeah. I'll see you at the end. I'll, then I'll be able to ask you about your day at the end. Yeah. Like let's not talk for eight hours. Yeah. Um, which right now we're in a one bedroom apartment with my boyfriend and it's like, if one of us is on a call, it's like, who's going to be, or if we're both on a call at the same time, someone has to go in the bedroom, but like the bedroom we've like, just is not set up at all for taking calls. So it's, um, it's a lot of like moving around and yeah, kind of basically I've gotten really good at like the whole room being a total shit show, except for the part where that you can see on zoom. <laughs> exactly. I've seen cartoons of that, right. Where it's just like chaos everywhere, <laughs> like your funnel vision. Yeah. But they can only see like the nice window behind me and that's it. Um, cool. So how long, I mean, so you guys talked about it for a while, but how long do you think you like have been saving or like financially planning for it? Because, um, I mean, I know it can definitely take a while to, yeah, to, to make that down payment. I'm just curious if that was something you had like planned for beforehand. Um, I, I would say it was maybe three or four years. When we first started living together, we um, opened a shared account and, you know, direct deposited part of our paychecks into that. And, and that's where we paid our rent and utilities and shared expenses mm-hmm. and things like that. But we, what we um, made it purposefully more than what we needed so that we could start saving, right? Because we're not um, the most fiscally responsible people. And so we <laughs> needed to like- I would beg to differ. I actually think you guys are pretty fiscally responsible, but okay, okay. we'll move on. <laughs> We needed to not be able to not see it, not have it feel like yeah. a deduction from something. It was just like, that's the money that goes there and, and um, we're saving for something and we know that there's going to be expenses down the road. So, um, so I think we'll get into like um, budget and those kinds of things, but, but in our minds, we had started with like, oh, well, we'll need a 20% down payment. And like, that's an incredible amount of money. And um, it's the gold standard for sure. If you, um, your down payments less than that, then you pay private mortgage insurance, PMI, mm-hmm. until you've gotten to that 20%. Anyway, um, we, when, as that money started to, to build, we started to think about like how comfortable we were paying PMI and that like, if we were to wait until we got to that 20%, um, we'd be waiting a lot longer. So, um, yeah, so we, I would say maybe three, four years of, yeah. And I should say, um, I think like all of us are like from our year of, of college, we're, I guess, over 10 years out from from undergrad. And I think the last few years, if not this year, has really been when people have started, it feels like, to buy. So it does take a while. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because we also graduated at a time when the economy was like terrible <laughs> yeah. years ago. But um, it does feel like it definitely takes time to acquire, to get that. Um, like save up that little nest egg, um, especially with student loans and all those other things and rent in very expensive cities. Also, I think that's definitely what's taken me so long is like all my money has just gone to rent basically. (laughs) Um, Okay. So now, so you guys kind of decided to really like start actively looking, what were the first steps you took? Like, did you look at Zillow or Redfin, or did you talk to an agent? Um, I guess, where did you start? Yeah. Um, 
I would say, so we bought the house in, in summer 2020. And I think we started looking early 2018, very, very casually. So we like- Oh, for 2018? So you looked for two years? I didn't know that. Um, we didn't really look for two years. We started, we got completely overwhelmed. We were like, <laughs> this is not for us. And we would stop for six months at a time. So, but I was looking through my old emails of when I started getting Zillow emails. And it was like, it was maybe spring of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best advice we got, I think, um, in terms of starting was like, just go to open houses, go mm-hmm. to like, think your budget is go lower, go higher, um, to start to see real houses, right. That yeah. are, um, and, and to see like, wow, I thought, I thought my money would go a lot farther, which is like almost always going to be the case, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have this much money. We can definitely get everything on our list. Um, and so, so there's really no, I mean, uh, the pandemic has made things complicated there. There still are open houses, but, um, but less frequently and a lot of rules. And, but, but I would say, um, as much as, as we're able, and obviously we, we hope to be out of this very soon, um, or relatively soon, um, the open houses were great because we didn't have to, I mean, so they asked you to like sign your name, but like there, there wasn't a cost to us to just like yeah. go see these places. And then, um, sometimes we leave and laugh about like, that house was crazy or, um, you know, but we were able to start to say like, okay, I thought that I could be okay without a backyard, but, um, that kind of made me anxious. Like we were in that house and I was anxious that there wasn't a backyard. So like listening to those things that were happening. Um, and we didn't, we met with a realtor, um, at some point in 2019, Mm -hmm. um, she was a referral from a friend and, um, they had bought a house. So that looked like success to us. Um, and she was great. So she kind of, I think the most helpful part there was we were very clear that we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> People in our lives have bought houses, but we were like, um, we've asked them general questions, but you need to talk to us like we're children. And so she, she walked us through like, first you do this. And then, you know, like she had like a flow chart of, of um, the whole process from like, looking at houses through like appraisals and closing and those kinds of things. And it was really great. And that's one of the times that we totally pumped the brakes and we're like, well, that flowchart is too much for us. So we are going to, we're going to wait again. Um, but it was, it was really helpful. Um, and, and so I would say, um, in terms of advice, like go to open houses, start, start building out like what it is you're looking for. And then, um, find an agent or, or somebody, an advisor who can, who can walk you through the process. So you know what you're getting into. Yeah. I spoke to in preparation for this, uh, another mutual friend of ours who I won't name, but, um, gave me a really funny, um, anecdote about like your agent, you will be spending a lot of time with and a lot of weekend time with. So you want to pick someone you enjoy spending time with. And he was like, I even had to spend my wedding anniversary like that day with the agent. So, um, I didn't even think about that, but it's, it's kind of funny. I guess this person becomes like a part of your family for like a short period of time. Um, but one other, um, uh, question to follow up is that this friend also mentioned speaking with the lender beforehand or to get pre-approval and that that lender kind of walked them through all the finances and details of that. At what point did you guys start getting either pre-approved or, um, kind of going into more of like, yeah, what kind of budget you could get to. Yeah. Um, really early, like before, <laughs> before, um, 
when we, even when we knew we weren't serious yet, um, we talked to our bank um, as our okay. first um, that place where we have the shared account and said, um, we need to understand. I mean, when we were looking at budgets just to, to back up and come back, like we were looking at the neighborhoods we wanted to live at, the kind of average house that was in those neighborhoods. And we're like, well, that must be our budget. Like that, I mean, it was the most backwards way to get to, to what our budget was, was just like, well, people who seem cool live in this neighborhood and you know, like, I don't know. And so the, so the conversation with the lender was the first real numbers we got. And they ended up being, um, so we get, we, they get into all your business and they, they know what you have saved, what you make, what your credit score is. Um, and they, they give you this letter that's pre-approval that says, you know, a number that in what I've kind of heard from a few friends is that it's often higher. You're like, you shouldn't lend me that much money. You know, like <laughs> it's, um, a, a loan of that amount would be, um, more than you would want to pay monthly back. Right. Yeah. It's like they, 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 um, I was a little surprised by the, um, by the number that they gave us, but it was really helpful because then we were able to scale down and say like, okay, if we wanted to pay this much, yeah. month, this is the kind of house that we, and we have this much down payment, like this is the kind of, um, budget we'd be able to afford. So, um, I, I will say Cleveland's market is nothing compared to the coasts, right? So we have, we are, um, not as hot a market. We have much more affordable housing stock. Um, but we, but the neighborhood we lived in, the neighborhoods we were looking at, um, were are some of the most expensive in the city. So we started with this like skewed sense of, of what um, we should be able to afford, um, and so we needed we needed those real numbers. Um, Did they also t- like give you a sense about like property taxes or like kind of what your monthly mortgage estimate? And then I guess insurance. Did you have? I assume you have to get some kind of insurance when you're a homeowner. <laughs> Yeah, both home insurance and in our case, PMI, um, okay. insurance. So, um, they did, they were, they were wild estimates, right? Like this is kind of what they knew. We knew we wanted to live in the city limits. So we didn't know the property tax kind of calculation, but, um, but it, it took, um, uh, until we started working with, um, another person, um, who was a mortgage loan originator. Um, what we ended up doing is we, worked with um, the realty agency mm-hmm. um, to, they have this guy's mortgage loan originator and he basically like shops around um, different banks to, to see their different rates and whatever. So he could give us real numbers of like, this would be your monthly payment. This much of it would go to principal for this many years, those kinds of things, um, which was really helpful. And our first bank didn't, didn't get into that level of detail. Um, you definitely don't have to do the, the, loan originator shopping around thing. Um, a family friend was giving us a hard time that we were being millennials who were, who were like, somebody should do this for us and we should have somebody <laughs> shop around for us. But it was really helpful because we were able to see real numbers and see um, what different banks were able to offer, so. Yeah. Um, were there any additional resources, I mean, that you kind of found helpful through the process or was it mostly just talking to, kind of to the, the realty agency and um, the bank. Um, was there anything else you found particularly helpful or not really? Um, <laughs> or asking friends, I guess, for advice when you're stuck? A lot of that. Um, one thing that I just didn't know that apparently is very common knowledge, but um, uh, when, we, when we chose our realtor, we then were signed up for like the realtor emails, which is 
which is a little bit more accurate than Zillow. So sometimes we would love a house on Zillow and we'd find out that it had sold yesterday, but it was showing oh. as like for sale. And yeah. um, the um, realtors sent us like the kind of information that the realtor gets. And then they, and they, they like targeted like how many bedrooms do you want? What neighborhoods? Da, 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 and then they sent that over to us. So, yeah. um, so that was really helpful and, and um, d- didn't cost us anything. It was just like part of the relationship with the realtor. So that was really nice. Um, and I would say, I mean, in our case, it was our parents, but, um, friends, somebody who's, who's bought a house or has, has lived in several houses or, um, uh, has experience going with you uh, on some of these stores. Like my mom would be like smelling the basement to see if it smelled like it had water in it. And, you know, my dad would be able to say like, oh, this looks like this is going to be a project for you. And, and, you know, like this, this overhang of the roof is it I don't know we didn't know what we were doing so it was I would say like um if if you are new to it like bringing people along who have experience um the realtor I think is a huge advocate um in for you um there's some interesting legal stuff about state by state like who they represent you or the seller but yeah um, uh it was it just felt great to to have somebody experienced to be like this is what you should be looking for I would love if your parents were just like with me through my adult journeys of <laughs> like if I could just ask them for help, they would be uh, great. Your parents would, are great. So. They would feed you so much. They would feed you so much. Um, <laughs> uh, cool. So, okay. So then you're kind of starting, like you're looking at houses, you talk to the lender or the, um, the lender, then you start actually, I guess, bidding on houses. And I know, um, I remember when you were going through this, you had texted me a few updates about some, I think, heartbreak and losing out on some bids. So can you talk about like actually putting the offers in or like what, how you kind of put offers in and then that process a little yeah. bit? Yeah. So um, once we got to the place of like going through the the house hunters thing where it's like must-haves and yeah. you know, like we knew what both of us wanted and what, what were kind of non-negotiables and stuff. Um, I think, frankly, it was like, it was a little disappointing because the must-haves in the neighborhoods that we were looking at um, weren't there or were going in hours or were way overpriced or whatever. What um, could it, you, What were the must-haves? Was there anything like really specific? So a fence, we have a dog. So a fenced-in backyard became this like, you know, outsized factor that, that I, that, you know, a couple years ago would not have been as big of a yeah. as a um, very cute dog, I might add. <laughs> she, she knows it. Um, and, um, you know, we wanted more than one bathroom, um, which we didn't think was like the craziest thing in the world, but was, you know, there's a lot of old houses here and mm-hmm. that was always the case. And, um, I, I learned that my fiance is obsessed with finished basements. <laughs> <laughs> just never really um uh, so he can escape like too <laughs> is that what the exactly yeah I'm trying not to overthink it um <laughs> but um yeah so that was helpful I think also not to like go down too um much of a rabbit hole but what it what it had us do is like look in different neighborhoods and I I think there's like so much to unpack on another podcast or another conversation about like what makes a like a hot neighborhood or a safe neighborhood and there's a lot about like race and class there that that mm-hmm. we had to kind of like unpack like redlining is real um 
there are, there's like legacies in these neighborhoods of why we felt like, um, oh, this is safer or this is cooler. Um, and so what really changed for us was where we started to make offers was when we started to look at neighborhoods that, that um, weren't originally on our list. Like we were participating in this. We were, we were like mm-hmm. trying to, to unpack what it all meant for us. And so um, we ended up um, in, in a few different neighborhoods that were still like houses were going really fast. So we put in offers on three houses in two weeks and lost all of them. Um, and it's, it was crazy because we, I think there's the phrases like, you know, you're measuring for curtains or something like you, people advise against like getting too emotionally invested because you might not get the house. Um, but in order to like, um, offer to spend the most money that you've ever spent in your entire life on a thing. I felt like I needed to be imagining my life in that house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, this is not a casual, like if it works, it works. If not, no big deal. So um, definitely an emotional uh, drag to like, to not get these houses, but, um, but crazy. You sign, I think this is true before, this was true before the pandemic, but certainly within the pandemic, we were signing everything online. We were, going back and forth till late at night with the realtor. And then, um, you know, we get this call that was like, not this house. Um, but, um, my mom, uh, again, uh, found the house we live in now, um, Mm -hmm. in a neighborhood we were not looking at at all. Um, and it like checked all the boxes, right? Mom for the win. Mom for the win. Um, as usual, but she, um, you know, she was like, it has a finished basement, it, you know, all the things. And so um, we took a look, um, we figured it was going to go fast and um, made the offer. There's, I mean, we can dive into this more if you want, but there's all these choices. Like, do you want to require the inspection, like contingent on the inspection? Do you want to um, say you'll go above the appraisal? Do you want it? Like, and, and we just, along the way in the first house, first three houses were like, teach us what that means first. And then we'll tell you what our, what our answer is. Um, but, um, but we, we went back and forth for, for a little while, but we, um, bought the house. So we were very excited. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's I thought that was it. And it, and there were, there was more to it. <laughs> well, going into the, the offers, I think, um, particularly in a competitive market, which it sounds like you guys were in. And I think because a lot of people are moving because of COVID, it sounds like that just generally, and low interest rates has generated that. But I was speaking with another friend also in a competitive market where, like you were mentioning, in order to, in order to make your bid more competitive, doing things like um, doing uh, foregoing the inspection or doing an information-only inspection or um, other things with the offer, um, like they lost out because they didn't do that at first and then they kind of had to like learn as they went. Um, so I don't know, is there anything you changed or you learned in specifics to the bids? Um, well, at first, it, I don't know that I would change it, but we definitely experienced that, right? That, that we were like, you're crazy to waive an inspection. Like yeah. what if the house is, has no foundation, like what, <laughs> this is crazy. And so we Balls were- Balls are paper, you don't know. Um, so, so we, you know, we're kind of purists in the, in the first couple offers, like, 
absolutely not. You'll just love us because we wrote, we also wrote letters um, to people. I don't know if this, I have no idea if this works or not, but our realtor told us. Handwritten letters? No, we we included a a typed up letter in our um, offer that was like, we're just a young couple starting our lives together and our dog would love your backyard. Like we, it was crazy, but I don't know if that made a difference. Like applying to college. (laughs) Exactly. Like all my life has led up to this moment, but um, I hope it worked, but that's neither here nor there. We, but we said like, you'll, you know, we'll just have the best offer and, and we'll not waive an inspection or whatever. The first couple houses that we lost, um, we lost to people who waived the inspection and waived the appraisal, meaning wow. that if, if it was not that they had cash, but like they would go above and beyond with the bank. If, if the, okay, let's say the house is um, $200,000, we're only, well, that's the offer you make, but it only appraises for 170. Then the bank will only give you 170 and you have to come up with that 30 mm-hmm. in cash. And people were just like, yeah, nope, that's what we're doing. And so we couldn't really compete with that. Um, what we what we did say um, was that like, we can't waive the inspection. But um, when, we, when we negotiated on the inspection, there was a lot of stuff that we would have loved for them to do that we just knew like, because they had accepted the offer at the price we had said, like there was some negotiating and, and, and we didn't get like a completely fixed house. Um, even we had a list of, of what was wrong with it. So I don't know that we would change anything, but we, but I wish we had known that that was the risk, right? That like, yeah, in these hot markets, some people are, are just able to say like, um, there's nothing wrong by the way with information only inspection, because that I believe has some contingency where you're allowed to pull out, right? If you're like, there's, yeah. there's, there's no foundation. I can't live in this house. You can pull, you can back out. But, um, but waiving an inspection just felt like something we weren't able to do. Yeah. And so um, you put in the bid and got the offer or the offer was accepted. So then is the next step, um, I guess, assuming like getting the mortgage and also then um, I guess you didn't do an inspection, right? Oh, you did. Okay. So you did the inspection and then you kind of walk through from my understanding, that's just like you spend a really long time walking through like all the nooks and crannies of house. Yeah. It's the worst day of your life. Um, it's <laughs> like it just really sounds boring. so utterly boring, <laughs> boring but like necessary. Like there's by definition, he is he or she is not there with good news, right? Like, <laughs> I we sat down with the inspector afterwards, and he read us like I don't know. It took so long even to just walk through everything that had that didn't um, wasn't good. And I was like, is it hard for you to just like go to your friend's houses and just enjoy yourself? Cause you're just like looking around like, oh, there's a crack in your ceiling. Like, is it, <laughs> he was like, yeah, no, this, this has made my life very less fun. Um, but it was fine because what he started with was like, you have a great house, you have an old house. Therefore, like, we're going to have a lot of things that, that um, are going to come up in this. And, and at least our inspector was able to say like, this you should you shouldn't live in the house if you don't fix this this is stuff that like you should fix over time this is stuff that's kind of um your choice if you if you care or not um and so we we um my fiance doesn't totally agree with this but i think of the inspection book which is like 60 pages as like a a a long-term to-do list um (laughs) he's like uh i don't want to do those things but um it's helpful. It's like, these are the things that could be really expensive down the road that you can like 
you know, fix the brickwork in your stairs um, in a couple of years. But um, yeah, that was. Um, wow. Okay. So you, you did that and then you also did the, actually got the mortgage um, and then went through the closing or escrow process and closing. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like? Um, yeah, well, I think it, it takes um, all the hypothetical conversations that we were having for, in our case, like a couple years um, and makes it real, right? Where it's like, no, you're going to, you're going to write a check for the down payment. Like that's going to leave your account and go to their account. Um, and uh, I, I just can't say enough about our, um, our lender that he really would go back and forth with us and say like, actually you can pay your PMI up front or think, you know, it was like a lot of um, ways to sort of make, make things more practical for us. Um, and yeah, we had to um, get a wire transfer and like wire our money to the title agency. We met with the, the title person. Um, that was the only in-person part, um, which I think is pandemic related. So we um, still had to sign paperwork um, and there was stacks and stacks and stacks of paperwork. Um, and also just to yeah. side note on paperwork, like I'm the kind of person where I really like to read what I sign. So I read, but then at a certain point you just kind of are like, well, I don't know. I'm not going to stay here and read like jumbo legally. So I hope it's okay. That's why you should plan lots of time for your title signing or I don't even know what it's called. A week called it the title signing. Like, um, they, the guy was so helpful and he'd be like, this one says this. And I'd be like, okay just give me a second. Not that you're lying, but I just want to read it also. <laughs> um, because yeah, there's just too much in life. You know, you'll scroll through and like accept the terms on everything that you don't read. And, and this felt like a bigger, bigger deal to like actually read the, the paperwork. Um, I didn't know what a lot of it meant. And so I did have to ask for like, when it says this here, does that mean this for us? And so, um, you know, it was like we had a translator kind of with the title guy. Um, cool. And then, so I guess then you move in or you get the keys on closing day, which is exciting. And then you get to pack up all your shit and move it, <laughs> which is like, as someone who's moved a lot, moving's just generally the worst. So at the end of like doing all this, then to go have to actually do that sounds like really tiring, but yeah exciting, um, I guess, at the same time. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think this is different for everybody too, but from the time our offer was accepted to the time we closed was a month. So there was a lot to do, but it was also like we had to, we were living our normal lives and doing every day, like a little bit of this process. So, um, and then we actually, um, this apparently is not crazy uncommon, but we closed, but our, um, the people who we bought the house from bought another house and they weren't able to move yet. So for, for a couple of days, they, they were like our tenants. Um, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, so we like owned a house, but we couldn't go there yet to like celebrate. Um, so the day we got the keys was like the real day, um, which luckily we, we took, um, a couple of days between getting the keys and actually moving. And we had a very understanding landlord. Um, and so we went over the day we got the keys. We like drank a beer in the backyard with the realtor. Um, it's like our farewell to her. <laughs> um, and the dog was like running circles in the backyard, like a maniac. And we were like, Oh my God, this is our house. Like this is kind of, 
this is kind of cool. Um, but then went right into the, to the craziness of packing and, um, uh, yeah, especially when the, when the, um, pandemic is resolved, like, uh, it's good to have good friends who will help you (laughs) pack up and move your, move your shit. But, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was like a whirlwind, but also stop, stops and starts. So, um, looking back now, I can't believe how much happened in just a couple months. We really didn't like start looking in earnest until maybe May and bought the house in August. And, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So that was going to be one of my questions was how long from start to finish the process was till you moved in. So it sounds like five months if I'm doing my math, right? Three or four. Um, yeah, we, um, yeah, I just don't think it's fair to say that we like started in 2019 because we didn't really start. So um, <laughs> by April, May, we were like, this is a weird time to do this, but like, we're ready. Um, so yeah, between April, May, June, July, August, yeah, five months. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, um, it was not, it, it, I think the, the craziest part, and this is true of so many things in life, but it was everything depended so much on other people. So it's not like I'm in school and I'm going to graduate at this time because of all my hard work and da, 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 da. It was like, we're ready, but we need other people to be ready to sell their house and to accept our offer. And to, you know, like, so yeah. it's really hard to predict like how long it's going to take um, once you're sort of out there making offers and finding houses. What was the um, most stressful part? Um, I think. Or all of it. Yeah. (laughs) You were like a ball of stress from start to finish. I don't know. (laughs) It was not the most fun to be around. Um, no, I, I think losing, uh, the bids, not to be like overly dramatic, but, um, you know, like we were, we were ready and packing our bags emotionally. So that, that was really stressful. And then um, it did feel like after we made the offer, we just kept thinking like we were there and the goalposts felt like it kept moving. Like it was like, oh, you haven't, you haven't gotten the appraisal yet? Like, I was like, well, who, who is in charge? Like who decides, who's, who's telling us when to do what? So um, I think that it did feel like until we had the keys in our hands, like, oh my God, something else is going to come up and be crazy. So. Did losing the bids feel like um, after having gone on a first date with someone thinking it went well and then they didn't call you back and you're like, why? I thought we had a really good connection. It's like being ghosted by my homeowners. Yeah, it absolutely felt like that where I was like, we had a connection. Um, did you get our letter? <laughs> yeah, did you not read the letter about the dog? And <laughs> Oh, nice. Um, yeah, So, so that was... That was a great metaphor, actually. That's exactly how it felt. Um, yeah, I feel like we've all been there. <laughs> um, so after uh, you mentioned this a little bit, but once you moved in, you celebrate. Well, you celebrated when you got the keys. Did you do anything when you for fun when you actually like moved in and like could call the whole thing done? Yeah, um, we took like a celebratory walk with the dog once we were all uh, like unpacked. Um, and we took a long time to get actually, actually unpacked, but once like moving day was over, 
Um, and people kept giving us champagne, so we kept drinking the champagne when that champagne arrived. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it's such a weird feeling because, you know, like you don't fully arrive because to go back, like when the toilet breaks, it's going to be our problem. Like there's already been stuff that we've had to like pay for or plan for those kinds of things that it's like, Oh, um, this is what this is going to be like. There's not like a, there's not going to be a day where we've like achieved, where we've paid everything we're going to pay. Like we are homeowner, you know, maybe you'll 30 years we'll pay our mortgage off, but, um, it's just kind of like, this is our life now. And this is, um, it's, it's been really nice to, to kind of make it feel like our home, but yeah, I don't think we've like checked any, checked a major thing off our list besides like that we live here. Oh yeah. But it is a big one. I mean, it's, the, it's, <laughs> um, anything, uh, that you wish you knew now when you, or no, sorry, anything you wish like you had known at the start that you know now after having gone through it yeah. or you wish you had known? Yeah. I asked, um, my fiance this question and he rattled off like 60 things. Like he was like the importance of a real estate agent, the amount of paperwork, like, uh, what to, what to actually worry about in an inspection report. Like he apparently had been waiting for that question, but, um, I think, uh, I, I think just the biggest thing is, is finding people you trust to guide you through the process. Right. Like I, I had seen a ton of shows. I thought I knew how to buy a house and, um, we obviously had no idea what you're we doing. So, um, not like house hunters, <laughs> not house hunters. Um, there's not like three and that's what you get to choose from. And, um, they always have crazy jobs on those shows. Um, but I, I think there are several points along the way that us being so honest about like, we don't know what we're doing, um, with the wrong people. Like we could have been taken advantage of, right? Like, people yeah. Been, well, great. You're who I've been looking for. So, um, be honest, I think, about what you need, but also um, work with people you trust. Yeah. Well, I think those were a lot of the questions I had. Is there anything else you wanted to share or impart people with wisdom, of <laughs> the wisdom you've learned? Um, I don't think so. I think um, everybody's situation is different and um, don't let anybody sort of shame you into things you should have known or should have been doing, but, um, uh, we love it. We love owning our house. We love, um, living here and, and it definitely feels like it was all worth it. Um, I can't uh, wait to visit when the pandemic's over. So I'm really excited about that selfishly. Yes. Can't wait. Um, yeah. Cool. I don't have anything brilliant to add. <laughs> well, this has been great. Um, just a fun question that I always um, generally ask my friends. So as a friend, I'm curious, um, and this is totally on a different topic, but is there anything good that you're currently reading or I guess listening or watching, watching to what watching to <laughs> listening or watching? <laughs> um, I, just finished um promise land um Brock oh yes yeah. um he, i listened to that while i did some work this week um some work in the house and um was it good it was it was very good in my opinion and also just like depending on how you feel about um Barack obama's voice like very soothing i thought oh like, he does it himself the voice so, yeah it was it was delightful oh, nice. to, 
do that. Um, and then I just started um, a book called Color of Law, which is by Richard Rothstein um, about like residential segregation. So not, not an uplifting one, but really helpful context, I think, about um, like how we got here and what it means to kind of plan for, for different in our country. So yeah, well, that um, kind of goes back to the topic you were talking about, which we can maybe do another podcast on about um, where people live and how they choose to live in certain areas and what makes a neighborhood, you know, have the stereotype of this or that or safe or not safe, et cetera. So yeah, for another day, but for another day. Yeah. And then to lighten things up, I have another ton of French book that I'm reading. So <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, you have to have a balance. Cool. Well, thank you so much, um, Maura, for coming on and appreciate your time on this beautiful Sunday morning and hope you'll come back on at some point soon. Anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you.